We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men. to the second part of this week's episode of the Scottish Rugby Podcast. Uh, if you've listened to part one, uh, unlike the mad people who only listened to part two last week, uh, then you'll know where we can get us. Um, we'll, we'll jump straight into the news. Um, the SRU internal review uh, has been announced following uh, the news of Keith Russell's employment tribunal finding, which was fairly critical of Mark Dodson. So the SRU have announced that they are going to have someone from the council who is a solicitor to uh, do an internal review rather than an external one. Uh, If you haven't already uh, read it, Tom English's article on the BBC, which is pretty much a word-for-word transcript of his interview with Mark Dodson and Bruce Flockhart. Um, That's quite an interesting read. Rob Flockhart. Rob Flockhart. Well done. Thanks for for correcting me on that. Um, It's um, that's well worth a read because uh, I get as Tom's a superb journalist, but pretty much what he's done is just transcribed the interview, so you can just see the questions he's asking and the answers, and it's it's quite defensive. It's it's an interesting read. Um, it'll be in. There's a lot of people unhappy that this is an internal review rather than having someone independent. I think it was. Um, did you say Rob Flockhart? Am I right? Rob Flockhart, not Bruce. Yes. Uh, has said that they just want to get on with it and do it quickly and if they've got someone external it wouldn't happen that quickly um whether or not like we said you know another indiana jones reference but whether or not it's a raiders of the lost ark sort of we've got our top men working on it it's you know nailed in a box and shipped off somewhere into a warehouse never to be seen again who knows um but yeah it's i mean it's it's rumbling on the scene there's a bit and um I was just uh, going to mention the uh, if you'd read the same Tom English sort of transcribe. Um, how angry does Rob Flockhart come across as? Yeah. It's just like everything's very terse, sort of, no, we'll, this will be held under the highest standards. And then uh, like, the review won't be published. Then well, Mark Dodd's like, ah, we'll publish a bit of it. You know, we'll blah, and then Flockhart uh, Flock says, well, it's not Mark's decision to make, we'll publish it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then there's uh, Ian Morrison. Uh, well, the headline. Oh, sorry, Stuart Bathgate um, and the Scotsman. Rather, uh, ooh, <laughs> amusingly enough, toxic might be a useful enough word. Uh, Flockhart offers support to underfire Dodson. Yeah. For now. For now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, be really interesting. In I know. Uh, the other thing that I thought was um, not funny, but was quite telling of the the, the sort of attitudes within. Murrayfield was, um, I think it was whether they did one. Apparently, they did one interview with just with the BBC, which was with Tom English, and then they yeah. did another one with um, the other press that were out like uh, radio, yeah. and, and Argentina. So you had like, like Stuart Bathgate there from the offside line, and um, a couple other guys um, like Rob Robertson. And there's this quote from Rob Flockhart, which pretty much you know they're asking them about the internal review being carried out by. Um, the member of the council from the SRU, and he's just like, she's a very talented lady. 
<laughs> you know, it's like such an old fashioned. It's like, what's agenda got anything to do with it? <laughs> such an old imagination. Well, for a lady, as as girls for a, go, she's talented. She's talented, know? yes. <laughs> well, she's when she's not doing her nails, she does a fine job as <laughs> as, as, as you know the, one of the top QCs in, in Edinburgh. You know, it's ridiculous. Absolutely... If her period's not in the way, it's just absolutely such Christ. an antiquated sort of attitude. So yeah, well, I. We will see where that goes. I think, like we said last week, the AGM in August is going to be tasty, if nothing else. Um, hopefully, I'm hoping um, this week to speak to a solicitor who specialises or has a background in sports law who's going to talk us through uh, the governance arrangements of the SRU. Um, as boring as that sounds, I don't think many of us who follow Scottish rugby are that interested in it. Um, or, or certainly haven't shown an interest in it till this point, and all of a sudden it's all coming to the fore. It's all we, we need to know how the game's being run in Scotland, and I think it's going to be quite an interesting interview trying to fight, get to the bottom of you know who's in charge of who and who does what, and where the clubs fit into all of this. So hopefully that'll be next week if we can get it all arranged. Um, also next week we're going to be speaking to Rona Lloyd um, about uh, her work with School of Hard Knocks. So again, that would be quite interesting. Um, the other thing on the SRU review is it's just this, it's the inability of Mark Dodson to sort of come out to reflect on other people's opinions. And I would point out that that's not what we do here. You know, we, we, we did a survey last year and said, what do you like about the podcast? What don't you like? And people said they didn't like uh, it when I played music and people on the other side couldn't hear us. So... Um, I've not done that yet. I've not done it this uh, at all um, since we've come back in the summer term. Um, until now, I am, well, here's a bit of Danny Wilson, Mary's Prayer. <laughs> yeah, because, and I'm playing this for a very good reason, Ian, because Danny Wilson is the new Scotland forwards coach. Oh, lovely. Segue. That's a lovely link. So yeah, I, we did listen Great to stuff. feedback and I did stop doing the music, but just for uh, Danny Wilson being confirmed as a new forwards coach, I've brought it back temporarily. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Danny Wilson has been confirmed as a new Scotland forwards coach. He's I don't think he's left Wasps so much as never turned up for these first day at work at Wasps. Yeah, it was like Donkey Weir going to Warriors, Boost Warriors. Yeah. It just. I don't even... like, oh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fancy commentary much. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, Die Young's come out and said something like, um, it's obviously disappointing, which somebody else said, I can't, I can't imagine those are the exact words that he used. Um, Dan McFarlane's going to Ulster officially in January, but you'd imagine now money will move around yep. and he'll probably go to Ulster for the start of the season now that Scotland have got someone in place. Um, but he's got a good pedigree. Cardiff Blues coach. They what just won? Did they? They won the European Cup, didn't they? Yeah, won. they won the, the Challenge Cup. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously I think yeah, probably, we fight back against Gloucester. Yeah, forwards coaches pro, uh, at Wasp was maybe a little bit of a. I mean, it's a different league, but going from a head coach to a forwards coach with another domestic side's maybe not the yeah. same sort of step as going from a domestic coach to a forwards coach internationally. Yeah, even though it's you know it's uh, maybe a well it's probably a, it would have been a step up in wages I'd imagine for him, um, probably not in prestige. Prestige and experience, yeah. Um, 
other news uh, today, uh, Luke Hamilton, uh, the star of 1994's Baby's Day Out, has signed for Embra. <laughs> yes, after last week when we said, nah, I probably won't go to go to Edinburgh. Um, but never, like, just look at the list of names they've got now in the back row. Yeah. Um, so you've got like John Barclay, once he comes back, Hamish Watson, Magnus Bradbury, might get back to him in a wee second, uh, Jamie Ritchie, Bill Martha, um, there's also uh, Luke Crosby, who'd had a couple of games last season. Um, I've only saw him against Leinster um, when he scored that breakaway try. He went off like a gazelle. He was he, he looked like a decent prospect um, from what like I was about half an hour. Um, and then they've signed that boy Noyolo from yeah. uh, London Irish. So you've got what, seven or eight players for three positions. Yeah. Um, if you can transfer them all across, you know, some of them can. Yeah, I um, think I think it just seems madness. I think what's interesting is they've signed him on a one-year deal, um, uh, which yeah. is similar to what this when John Hardy originally came to Scotland, he was signed by Embro on a one-year deal, and it's almost like well, you've got to this point, and no one else, either no one's sniffing around, or you're not you're not agreeing to terms with anybody else. But we want you yeah, to play we... for we want you to play for Scotland. Yeah, we've capped you now, so... So you need somewhere to play, come and play with us for a year and hopefully that puts you in the shop window and you get a deal somewhere else. Um, the old uh, Strauss effect. Yeah, I'm still convinced that the fact that Glasgow haven't signed him means that John Hardy's going to Glasgow on a similarly on a one-year deal. Well, there is this rumour I've heard. Um, it's from a... I don't know where he got the source from, right? But it's a guy called uh, Martin Clark who's on Scottish Rugby Forum. Uh, you know, he's on a lot of social media platforms. I've met him. Very nice chap. Uh, hi, Martin, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, aye, so he's, he's heard this rumour that there's going to be a swap, an M8 swap, um, involving Glasgow's number nine, Ali Price, and Magnus Bradbury. Hmm. Now... I would love that, to be honest, as a Glasgow fan. Um, uh, a price, price is good scrum half. Um, you know, he had an excellent season two years ago. Last season, not so good. But we're, we're loaded with nines. If George Horne's going to get more game time, Ali Price is going to be warm on the bench or vice versa. So there's no need for that. Glasgow, even though last week I was like, back row, we do have a fair bit of strength and depth. Um, I think Bradbury would jump to the top of the queue if he yeah. joined Glasgow. Um, so I would... I mean, if there's any truth in it, I'm, I'm, I'd be more than happy with that. I, I um, think, I, from a neutral point of view, which I sort of am, um, uh, that would be good for Scotland. I'd much rather have Ali Price and George Horn fight it out at rival clubs, pushing, yeah. each other, pushing each other on, than you know having a sort of like we said last week, the Rossford logjam. You know, the logjam at Glasgow, where one of the only one or the other can ever get enough game time and then Embra having I mean at the minute they're, I mean, their first choice is something like Charlie Shield you know it, it's such a critical or position Nathan exactly and that's nobody wants that not even Nathan Fowles wants that <laughs> it's, you know it's not they need I think if you for Scotland to progress and keep on progressing internationally it benefits everyone if you've got your two top scrum halves at your two top clubs and Ember yeah. need Ember need, need a nine. You know, uh, Richard Cockrell's been not been shy in coming forward about that. They need a a a, a world class nine, and I think you, 
I don't unless they're going to go back to basics and go and get um, Grayson Hart after he's stint at Worcester. <laughs> that he's the only sort of Scots qualified nine kicking about. There's no other nines of any caliber kicking about who haven't got contracts elsewhere. So the only logical thing then is you move Price. Otherwise, Ember starting the season with Fowles and Shields as their first choice nine, and given it's funny. yeah. It's funny you mentioned Grayson Hart and Ali Price at the same time there because when Ali Price sort of first got his breakthrough at Glasgow, um, he was only part time because the two first choice scrum halves were uh, Purgos and Mike Blair, yeah, and then um, uh, Grayson Hart was their backup, and then it got to the point where well Purgos had surgery, Mike Blair kept on getting concussion, and then Hart was rubbish. So Ali Price, I remember in one season he got given two new contracts. <laughs> um, there was one that like he got like oh here's his first professional deal and it's like actually he's now the starting nine here's a two year deal for you Ali yeah um, yeah so Hart's definitely not the the option to go no. back to Edinburgh no um, um, the interesting thing with Hardy going back to Hardy the interesting thing with Hardy is he's just had back surgery at the Spire which is yeah, Scotland's Spires. Preferred, which is Scotland's preferred sort of Aye. hospital for fixing players so his country I don't think he's in contract anymore with Edinburgh or Glasgow or the SRU, unless he still is with the SRU. So yeah. who's paying? That's that's not a cheap operation. Um, well, I was wondering that myself because you'd think you know, maybe if, if his contract runs up at the thirty first of June, would the SRU just be like, I don't know, pay for your own surgery, mate? Just, yeah, you know, it's it's not you know desperate surgery. It's not emergency stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, um, I, I I would like to see that. Yeah, as long I think as he's he, got his white line fever out of the way. Well, you think about it that way, and you think, well, I can see why he would be unattractive to clubs outside of Scotland because that's a lengthy ban. If he's not back on on top of his issues that he's admitted, you know, he's, he's admitted yeah. to. So who's going to take, you know, and, and until he's sort of been clean. So you know he's been clean for a, a period of time, got himself back in some form. That's an expensive punt to take on a player. So again, this is complete tinfoil hat conspiracy. Me inventing stuff. We've got no inside track on this at all. But he signs a one-year deal with Glasgow. He's in the shop window, keeps his nose clean, so to speak, for a year. And all of a sudden, you know, he could easily make a move to a French club, a, a French top fourteen club. Yeah, what is he now? But 29, 29 yeah 30 he, uh, you know and he's you know he's a hell of a player he did a hell of a you know I mean this is why I had a, a lot of sympathy for me if we, we can't we all know the reason why he was banned or the alleged reason why he was banned um, and but I've got a wee bit of sympathy for him because he's been out injured for so long yeah like you're saying he's such a talented player you know, did he maybe just get to a stage where he was hanging about with the wrong people who were like, oh, why don't you, you know, you've, you've got another four months till you're back anyway sort of thing. And he just thought, all right, might as well. I think um, it's, yeah, it's been reported elsewhere that he had, he dubbed himself in actually. Really? In the end. And well, when it was an apparent, well, I think it's the offside line report. It was an after, so a, a club do someone's house and then he realised what he'd done and went and dubbed himself in, which is, I think, why, but, presumably why they've, I think I'm going soft on him, so to speak, but yeah, you know. Well, a, th- a three-month ban compared to what you can get if, likes of what I get or a fish if you're officially caught. You know, you look at yeah, yeah. No, in which case, you know, I think that's even more admirable. 
Yeah. Um, I'd be prepared to give him another chance, certainly. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there anyway. Uh, the other news, um, we have had, off, we've, we've got a mole um, in a good way. Um, we've Someone has been in touch uh, through the through the social media ch- back channels to say that they've seen the new Edinburgh kit. And is it like how I thought it might be? No, that is the training kit. Oh, that's, oh right. We, there was a flurry it's of activity. It's a activ- nice training kit. It is a nice training kit. There was a flurry of activity a few weeks ago on uh, Twitter um, when uh, it was uh, Hamish Watson and John Barkley posted to their feed them in press shots in this lovely, beautiful sort of dark blue and orange striped kit. Um, and I put out saying, oh, look, this looks like it's a new kit. It looks really nice. It's one of the nicest uh, rugby tops I've ever seen. Um, and everybody got chatting about it. Was it a training top? Was it the official top? And eventually someone in the Ember Media team panicked and put a picture on Instagram saying new training kit with exclamation marks after it. Um, <laughs> the new, now, here we go. I'm not going to say, I'm not giving any details for obvious reasons, but the main kit is dark blue and there is orange detail on the shoulders and white shorts. Can you detail the detail? I am not going to detail the detail because I don't want to, some uh, spoilers, I think it's quite a nice thing to see that for the first time. So that's all I will say is dark blue with some orange detail on the shoulders and white shorts. I haven't seen a picture of it. That's just a sort of a, an abbreviation of the description that's been given to me of someone who has seen the top. Because I don't want to spoil it for people because it's quite, as an Ember fan, seeing that for the first time might be quite nice. So that yeah, is... It sounds... If you old colours. Yeah, if it's, if it's anything like the training top, it's going to be a lovely top by the sounds of it. I've got a Wellington Hurricanes training top, which is quite possibly the greatest rugby top ever made. What's that like? Oh, it's, it's like a, it's black and it's got a sort of blue ty- typhoon tornado kind of thing going on. Ooh, lovely. It's lovely really stuff. cool because I just couldn't find Scotland top in the right size. <laughs> <laughs> and it was my birthday. <laughs> like my girlfriend's like, I need to buy you, you know, going to get a rugby top. I was like, Whoa. I left in Wellington. Let's look at the Hurricanes tops. Give me that. Oh, well, yeah. it's match fit. It's match fit though, so I'm having to suck it in every time. It's like, oh god. <laughs> That's the, my, my only Scotland top is match fit as well. And I sporadically can and cannot fit into it. <laughs> it's loose on the shoulders and tight around the middle. Um, <laughs> uh, any other news? Uh, Scotland are the 20s. Yes. Uh, we finished in 10th place. Overall. Not relegated. Oh, thankfully. Um, yeah, well. It's a bit, Georgia, yeah, but it's um, a bit. It's a bit. Highlights. Talking of development squads, that's you know that that we've had a good couple of seasons with the likes of Matt Ferguson and everybody else sort of playing for the under twenties for a couple of seasons. And this, there's a lot of new lads come in playing. You got um, McClellan, like we talked about last week, coming in at ten and um, league convert. Yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of um, guys. Um, someone on rugby pass I think was you know highlighting a couple of the Scottish lads as being playing well so I think next it'd be interesting next year now that that group of players has had a a tournament together to see what they can do next year because the, the stuff they were doing they were doing well um I think that just these things are, are pretty tight yeah and um well Logan Turner he seems to have a good set of wheels on him that's yeah. the same to be these days um no, uh, I think so. I think it's going to be six or seven players at least who 
are eligible for the next one. So yeah, you know, develop all, all positive, all, all play, and it's all playing in the same mould as Scotland are trying to play in. So that's all. That's all good. Yeah. No. Um. It kind of right. I've. You know, I'm a, a bit of a football fan as well, and there's that other tournament going on just now. I remember, um, well, Belgium, who are one of the favourites for this competition. Like, if you go back, say, 12, 15 years, they were in the doldrums, they were in the fifth pot of seats, but they made a sort of national, uh, national football association decision to have, you know, from the grassroots up, all going to be playing the same style. Mm. And the SRU seem to be kind of following in that um, yeah. setup, you know. I want to be playing this way, and it's you know it's the dividends have shown off for Belgium. They've not won anything major yet, but you know there's some fantastic football players in there. Yeah, and you look at how Ember have played this season, and all of a sudden Ember are playing in a similar style to what Glasgow are playing, and it, yeah, you know, more free. You've got these coaching sessions, you know, going on at grassroots level where the SRU have this sort of almost model of how they what you know the Scottish way of playing, and it's very much what Alex Ferguson used to do. At, um, Manchester United when they were yeah. successful as the youth team played the same systems as the senior teams right from the you know right all through all the levels so that it was you know it was the Manchester United way and similarly you got a, the Scotland way of playing and everyone playing in that way then... no, we, might, we, we might have to stop here because it sounds like we're almost being positive about the SRU right let's move on <laughs> <laughs> uh, Heineken Cup that. tomorrow the, it's back we can, uh, yeah. we can call it the Heineken Cup without mistakenly we calling can. it the Heineken Cup yeah uh, even though you know there's been the uh, main you know if you go to Scotland on Heineken Cup on sorry European Championship Cup days you can get Heineken you can't any other time you have to go with tenants I, what's, um, what's really pleased me about this is now I can finally easily know the difference between the European Cup and the European Challenge Cup yes, I'm not going to yes. mix up it's like the EPRC or the EPRCC uh, I don't know yeah what? I only know it by which one the Russian teams are in. <laughs> Who's going to get horse more? Who's getting crazy this year? Yeah. Oh, saying that, um, did you see Russia? They beat Canada at the weekend. Yeah. Um, in Canada, and it wasn't by a lot less than what we beat them by. No. And yeah. That's what it, uh, I think it was at twenty forty three something like that. Yeah. So, mm, and they were in our group, aren't they, in the World Cup? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we should have them, but. Well, yeah, we've we've been there against was it 20, 20, uh, 2011 against Romania and Georgia. We've been there. What, I think was it was it the Georgia game? We didn't score any tries. No, it was all kicks. I think we only won by like three points or something. Yeah, and we were stuck. I mean, we had Simon Danielli and like the likes in the team, so it wasn't like it was a you know, classic Scotland team, but still. Um. Uh. So yeah, Glasgow and Ember both in the pot. Um. Be interesting to see who they get I mean really Glasgow they, I mean you're a Glasgow uh, fan obviously Ian, but Glasgow this year have to make for, to show progress they're going to have to make it out of the group stages as a minimum um, yeah well I mean this season we were drawn in a, what could be really classified as a group of death um, I mean the fact that the Aviva Premiership champions finished bottom of the group I think did they no I think we did but we still managed to beat them anyway yeah uh, you know, we had Leinster, uh, who just dominated everything. Um, I'm, I'm actually, as we're talking about this, I'm trying to find the uh, seedings. I know, I think Glasgow are in the second seeds, mm-hmm. and uh, Edinburgh are in the third pot. That would make um, sense. I think it's to do with the, your final position in the league, isn't it? Yeah, it's sort of quality of league and all that kind of thing. Um, no, um, well, we still need to see 
what uh, what recruitments Glasgow get in. Um, well, let's funnily talk. enough, there's an AGM. There's an there's a meeting happening. I've just seen this on Facebook a couple of years ago. Sixteenth uh, Warrior a joint meeting between SRU Glasgow Warriors and ourselves will be on Monday, twenty fifth of June. Well, before you move on, let's just um, okay. let me just cue this up. We're going to move on because this comes under this. Yeah, hands in the ruck. Um, Dermot Gormley got in touch and said his hands in the ruck again for the second week running is a lack of Glasgow <laughs> signings and the lack of info on Silver Saturday. And I noticed um, that, yeah, the 16th Warriors got a meeting with uh, the SRU and Glasgow. And, yeah, together to sort this out. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm literally reading this kind of right now as I see it. Breaking news, Jim White on Sky Sports kind of style. Um <laughs> The earliest day that all parties could attend. Apologies for those who were holding blah, 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 blah. Holding back their season ticket renewal. Yeah, I think there's been a number of season ticket renewals held back. Mine's yep. on auto renewal. That's fine if you're still on blah, blah, blah. All right, sorry, that's kind of guff. Um, so last, last week, while you're doing that, I'll re- recap. So for those that didn't listen last week, uh, the um, 16th Warrior, who's Glasgow Supporters Club, official sort of Supporters Club's uh, representative, uh, had written to the Glasgow Warriors and DSIU with a number of questions about the season ticket renewal prices uh, and the issue of Silver Saturday, which Glasgow were promised that every second year um, they would have two home games and then one away game to Edinburgh um, to yep, even well, things it's, out. It's, it's the Pro 14 rules. Yes, oh, yeah. Um, which is the yeah the Pro 14 rules for these sort of derby games that they're trying to they've sort of managed to create out of this conference weird conference system that we now have. Um, so yeah, the the the, the, the 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 CEO of Glasgow had responded to all the questions quite candidly, I think. Um, but there's been nothing from the SRU, but there's now been, I think, uh, some sort of agreement or uh, for the SRU to meet with Glasgow and the 16th Warrior to talk through these issues. Um, some of which are that, that Glasgow fans are playing more for their season tickets than Edinburgh fans, and there's no guarantee, so far as we know, that that extra money is going back into Glasgow rather than into a great big sort of SRU melting pot of cash that disappears off into the ether. Um, so what's what have you have you got to the bottom of your email now, Ian? Um, well, it's, it's just a quick message. Um, you know, the the meeting's taking place. There's a number of responses on it. There's people saying they're not going to go back through to Murrayfield for this uh, Silver Saturday. Um, you know, I, I just think that there needs needs to be some reassurances from the SRU as to what's happening. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't. I, I don't like being this. Guy. I'm not this guy that says, uh, "Oh, Edinburgh, the favourite sons." You know, I've I've heard people from Edinburgh saying, "Like, oh, Glasgow, are the favourite team because they got all the good players and they got their own stadium." Then you go, "No, actually, it's a kit, Glasgow City Council Stadium." Yeah. And the players have been there from young age. Um, you know, I, I think for both parties, even Edinburgh fans, well, they'll, they'll probably want to hear us shut up and stop moaning. Um, you know, if we can get these things clarified. Um, if we can get guarantees about particularly transport back from Silver Saturday, because that was a massive issue. Um, again, some of the other behaviour that went on, as was documented last week, um, if we get guarantees on this, that will go a long way to 
to appeasing Glasgow fans, I suppose. Yeah. Um, you know, we know there's apparently Dave Rennie said there's signings in the can, but we, we've not heard any news about those. No, I mean, that's, a young guys. there's a couple of guys uh, on the blog that was um, Bruno and Ben F were pointing out that Glasgow have really trimmed the wage bill. I mean, you've lost Russell and Strauss, but nigh, both of those are a huge amount of money off the wage bill. Mm-hmm. I mean, but of course, that's, a, that's an SRU wage bill rather than a Glasgow one. Um, but then, yeah, but it's, yeah. You would imagine that they would show discrepancies to, you know, if Glasgow are bringing in more money, then Stuart Hogg earns more money. Yeah. Because Stuart Hogg's a big money earner for Scotland and yeah. Glasgow. Uh, same with Dunbar. That's why they've got the big contracts. Yeah, it's interesting. Kevin uh, Miller, who writes for the blog occasionally and has his own blog on top of the moon, um, has done a sort of depth chart for Glasgow. Um, and it's interesting that the uh, he's sort of arguing in that that um, Glasgow now have a pretty settled first 15. So pretty much he's named his, his first 15 um, and the first 15 he's named are all players that um, were close to first 15 choice last season. Um, and it's interesting. I, mean, I think I, I wonder what, you know, aside from maybe a 10, maybe, a, you know, another someone else in the back row, because you've got Chris Fusaro as your second choice at seven, and that's, you know, I think... As much as Chris Fusar has done a decent shift for Glasgow over the years, he's probably not Champions Cup level. Shall no, we say. no. So, if, uh, I think looking down that list that that Kevin's produced, I would say your seven and your ten, your first choice. Well, no, your second choice ten, because he's put Pete Horn as first choice ten and Adam Hastings as <laughs> second. I know, I know how you feel about that. Um, yeah. But every, you know, um, I, 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 well, I, yeah. The, well, the position I picked out last week was lock, um, and he's got Swenson as a starting lock. Mm. Uh, now Swenson hasn't really been a starting lock. I mean, if you think four or five years ago, now we had Leone Nakarawa. Yeah. Um, there's no chance of getting him back because he's probably the best lock in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, the European champ, uh, European Player of the Year, wasn't he this year? Yeah. Um, or yeah, uncle, uncle, uncle Big Knacks, as we like to call him. Yeah, oh, I mean, what a player he was. Um, if he ever wants to come home, that's, you know, I'm sure we'd be glad to take him. Um, the chance of signing somebody of that quality with what we've got is pretty limited. Um, but, you know, Dave Rennie's got these Southern Hemisphere connections. Uh, he says he's got all these guys lined up. Well, Let's they, see, um, apparently they missed out on Blade Thompson, who's gone to Scarlet. Yeah. And yeah, who's Scottish he's qualified? Scottish qualified, and he he offloads like Uncle Big Knacks. So, yeah, I mean that'd be I'd be interested to see whether or not because he was apparently they tried to sign him for Glasgow, so obviously he's on the radar. Whether or not he appear, turns out for Scotland in the autumn, that'd be interesting. But well, you need someone like that. I get you know I guess what we're saying is you need yeah. someone like that who's going to come in and. Well, that's like like, like with Dave Rennie's love of chaos rugby offloading style. Um, now Glasgow scored the most points in the. The regular season last year, but also conceded the most turnovers. Yeah. Um, so when somebody who's you know not well, you have to be good at offloads. You know, yeah. you can offload all you want, but you need to make sure they stick. Yeah. Otherwise, you've just be an arse of things. It'd be interesting to see as well if you can keep Cully fit this season at seven. Yeah, yeah. It was just like the the one-off injury. I think it was was it his shoulder? Yeah, but that knocked uh, him out for most of the season, didn't it? Really. 
Yeah, I think it was maybe four months. Um, yeah. Which, you know, it's an integral four months, um, particularly during Six Nations when we really needed him. Um, but no, he's, he's a cracking player. Yeah. You know, uh, well, we want more of that. And, well, let's, I suppose we have to wait and see. But, um, you know, if things don't get sorted out, well, if the Archers give it on the 25th of June, and if we don't hear any new signs by... I don't know, the start of August, I think there's going to be a lot more very angry Warriors fans. Yeah. So so what's had its hands in your ruck this week then? Oh, well, this week, um, it's the, uh, for once, it's not Eddie Jones. It's not the manager, <laughs> it's the it's the players, the England players. Um, there have been numerous reports of them being, uh, how how far can we go on swearing on this? We, I think, should we, just, shall we, do, shall we, shall we describe them as chippy? Yes, chippy. Um, Aye, Mike Brown's the, the chippiest chip in the universe. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, he's, uh, ben Youngs, who usually seems, well, I've read interviews with him or seen him being interviewed, he comes across as a very decent young chap. Uh, aye, 14 seconds he lasted his guys who were interviewed. Yeah. One sentence, walked off. Apparently Mike Brown and Johnny May got in a, a vocal confrontation with some fans as did as um, did my friend joe marler who once called me a um i can't really say it. he called me a something biscuit on twitter oh was it uh on a stick it was a um a tank biscuit yeah onanism yes <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. um so he was yeah he was involved as well but yeah it's not it's not a good look given the the, it's sort of it it paints a bad picture of how eddie jones's management style is working yeah i was gonna say like he's kind of built this siege mentality um and now that the the walls have broken down um yeah they're all turning out as assholes really um robert kitson uh in the guardian he wrote uh we call him the other day um Apparently, when the England players went back to the hotel, lots of fans waiting. Uh, they were the, the players were, you know, not exactly enthused about taking pictures with the fans. Yeah. Uh, and that one senior England player, while there was a massive queue at reception, had skipped the queue due to an emergency in his room. The emergency allegedly being that his um, he needed an extension cord so he could plug his PlayStation in. So that's uh, yeah. that's, that's a bit of entitlement there, isn't it? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a sad day when, you know, I've got more time for the England football team than the England rugby team. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing about Raheem Sterling's tattoo. Yeah. When you hear Raheem Sterling's response, you're like, he just seems like a very you know, straightforward, candid young man. Yeah, they all and seem like And especially some of the nonsense yeah. he's been getting from Daily Mail, where if he, you know, he, he spends 200 grand on a car, he's a show-off, he's in Poundland buying a bottle of juice, he's a skinflint. Yeah. They, they all, the England. I have to say, the England football team sound like a lovely bunch of lads. And I never thought I'd see the day when I thought more of the England football team than the England rugby team. Given that yeah. I hold, I hold both in such low, low esteem. Yeah. <laughs> in the first place. Yeah. It's, it's a low bar to get over, to be fair. I yeah. Yeah. And um... yeah, um, very quickly, my hands in the ruck is jumping. Um, I think I'm advocating that you shouldn't be able to jump as a player higher than hip to shoulder let's say for argument's sake all right 
Um, like without you, with a rock, for example. Well, I'm just thinking. For, I'm thinking of the Barrett and Fall, the, the Benjamin oh, Fall's yeah. red card against uh, Bowden Barrett. I just and I was it, it brought back to mind. Do you remember um, Dan Bigger um, fly kicking Finn Russell in yes. 2015 and Finn Russell getting a yellow yes. card? Yeah, That's, and then a two week ban. Yeah, I think you. I yeah, think he's... the key is you limit the height of the jumper unless you're supported. Right. Which is absolutely fine if you're supported by a teammate in the air. You're safe, you know, for restarts and at the lineup. That's absolutely fine. But if you are going in to catch the high ball, I think, uh, and it's just a, it's a development. It's the thing every time rugby changes, the players change to meet the rules, and that's fine. But they've adapted to this point where you've got guys like Borden Barrett and Dan Bigger who can leap this almost like you know it's almost like basketball players, if not higher, these yeah. heights in the air. And actually, it puts opposition players at risk for knees and legs to the face. And it puts them at, if they're jumping that high, that they're putting themselves at yeah, risk. Any slight contact could make them the, they're over. over, and that's what happened in the fall case. I mean, fall was yeah under. He's the, looking he, at the ball all the he's way. He's looking at the ball. He's under the ball. It's just that he decided to jump a little bit, and Barrett decided to jump a lot. And the, the red yeah. card's been rescinded because apparently someone slightly pushed fall, and they've they've got around it that way. But I mean, the the it's well, for those that bother, it's law nine point seventeen, which says a player must not tackle, charge, pull push or grasp an opponent whose feet are off the ground and he didn't do anything to them there's nothing there about a player must not accidentally clatter into or a player must not bump into yeah. it's not there's, there a was player no, who's staring at the ball must trying, not have someone jumping into yeah, exactly jumping into. i mean conversely for you know barrett's height could equally have caused a head injury to fall so i think you you limit the height of the jump uh, you get much more even contest for the ball unless you lift, like you said, at the restart, if someone's supported in the air by someone else, fine, they're not going to fall over, they're not going to get returned to the earth with a bump on the head or any awkward position. So, no, I think I think it's the it's the the height of the jumper needs to be looked out at rather than the conduct of the person challenging for the jump. Yeah, I would particularly say, um, you see it as well with goalkeepers in football, the raising of the knee when you jump. Yes, to, as as a sort of defence mechanism, and also to smash someone's jaw. And watch, watch, um, the, watch back the base. Twenty fifteen again. Wales Scotland watch the bigger jump because he goes in with yeah. knees to Finn's face, and also the um, the foul red card. That, uh, like during the um, Scotland All Blacks test that was so close last November. Yeah, when Hogg, uh, I can't mind what wing. It wasn't Sevilla. Who, who else was playing on the wing? I can't remember, but. You know, he hit Hogg in there. It was an all-black player that actually yeah. pushed Hogg into him a wee bit. Yeah. And he only got a yellow card for it, but his foul got a red. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the red card was very harsh. Yeah. Um, that I, not that I want to draw comparisons between, you know, say, oh, what about three? You know, Scotland should have had an all-black player red carded. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is foul shouldn't have been red carded because he had his eyes on the ball. Um, he was less dangerous in his attempt to go for the ball than I'd say Barrett was. Yeah. Um, and I think he's been partially straight. And yeah. he was at the time, as they've been proven. Yeah. I mean, the, of course, the, the classic of the genre is uh, Jeff Cross's debut um, for literally just yeah. running into someone in the air. <laughs> and knock, mid-air, knocking himself out and being yellow-carded as he was stretching <laughs> from the field. Um, Beautiful moment. Classic girth. Um, on that point, um, we've rambled enough this week. Um Aye. We will be back next week, like I said, hopefully with an interview with Rona Lloyd, a Scottish women's international winger, about her work with School of Hard Knocks, and with uh, hopefully with a, a solicitor specialing in sports governance, if that's your bag. We'll also uh, 
be uh, covering the Argentina game. Hopefully, uh, a better result than this week. Um, for now, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Get in touch on Twitter. Leave us comments on the blog. We will pick them up and read them out. But for go- for now, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Ian. Cheerio. <laughs>